Turn Up The Talk podcast, tackling mental health together. G'day guys and welcome to another episode of Turn Up The Talk. You're joined by Pat Clifton, Lockie Drew Morris, Luke Moretti, brought to you by the Clavelli Hotel and Doors on the Beach down at Watson's Bay. Uh, today we're joined by a real special guest, someone who we've been thrilled to have on and really excited to have a chat with, Mark Hunt. Thanks for joining us, mate. Hey, well, I appreciate having you on the show. No, we really appreciate it. How you been? Yeah, not bad. Pretty good, eh? Been training and stuff like that? Yeah, you know, it is. COVID's fucked the whole world, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we're getting there slowly. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, like you said, it's a difficult time, so to take your time to come on, we appreciate it. We've yeah. done a bit of reading of your book, Born to Fight. Mm. And in that book, you, you mentioned you were an angry youth with no future. Can you tell us a bit about sure. that statement? Um, well, you know, being in jail at, um, I think I was 15, and then again when I was 20, um, options weren't that good, to be honest. So, you know, I mean, of course, you were, I was an angry child. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and there's no future when you when you're in the system already. It just becomes like a revolving door. I speak in, um, I've been to speak at a few jails with a lot of youths, and um, you know, one time I, was, I went to there's like 40 of them, uh, ranges from 15 to like 20 or something, and um, you know, they're all looking at me like they they think they're tough and all that sort of shit like this. But and as soon as I mentioned to them that I was in, in jail the same as they was, I it brought, I brought them to the same level that I was. So we actually sat down and they started listening instead of them being thinking that I was a lot better than they were. So talking to these guys, you know, like I, I went to about, it was like 30 or 40 of them one stage. And talking with these kids, they thought they were a lot, you know, they're like, they were angry. Uh, they were angry. And as soon as I sat down and told them I was in the same situation as they was, they sat down and actually started to listen. Hmm. Um, you know, their, their walls didn't restrict them from changing things. Um, uh, and I said, uh, just because you're there now, it doesn't mean your future could be uh, is going to end up there. So, um, so they just started listening, and it was quite good. So, you know, our past doesn't doesn't define our future. So, yeah, that's good. That's good. And then, so you mentioned growing up, you went, you were through the system a few times, and in your book, you touched on your childhood, and you mentioned mm-hmm. it was quite tough at times. Can you give us an insight into growing up and what you kind of experienced as a young kid? Um, well, for this side of the world, it's, uh, that, that era, I think it was quite normal. Um, well, I thought it was quite normal, you know, living it, but, um, a lot of other, uh, kids, uh, you know, I met my wife, my ex-wife later on and I actually found out what was normal to be honest. So, I mean, like you can also, you know, you can purchase the book Born to Fight and read it from there. So I don't feel like wanking on the whole day about my fucking life, my shitty life, <laughs> to be honest, and the, <laughs> the city, her shitty upbringing. So, yeah. What um, so what age did you realize you want to become a fighter? In the we spoke about it, sort of you got dragged out of a street fight in Auckland. Is that was that the time when you realized you wanted to be a fighter? Or was it earlier? Not really. I, I um actually thought I could make money out of it when I was actually here and I was living in Manly. Um, I was working at a pharmaceutical factory uh, making tablets for Blackmores, a place called Tabco, and um, in Harvard. And um, you know, I made in six months, I made under ten thousand dollars. It was quite a shitty job. Right. And I, when I fought my first K1 tournament, I won the uh, $10,000 in 26 minutes. So um, that's why I saw something happening with that, uh, with that career path. Did you win the straight fight? Well, not on the start, but at the end I did. Yeah. 
Did you um? Yeah. Did you have any mentors, Mark? Did you? Was there anyone that you looked to like in fighting, like UFC legends? Was there anyone like that, or was it just sort of this is my path? Well, I mean, fighting actually saved me. I think it was one guy, Sam Sam Masters, who was my first coach, who saved me from being arrested by the cops. Um, um, there's actually been a few coaches along the way. Um, Alex Tui at Mundine's gym. You know, Lucy. There's a, a few different guys in my life. Happy. Um, and now the Fogarty brothers. There's, there's different people in my life as I went on my journey at different stages. So, you know, I'm at the end of it, nearly at the end of my career, which is good. Um, six more fights and um, looking forward to properly retiring. Beautiful. When you speak of fighting, again, in the book, you, or sorry, in a, in a video clip we saw when you were talking about your book on YouTube, you said you're fighting to fight just like life. Everyone fights in life, whether it be a drug addiction, whatever it may be. What struggles have you have you fought in your life apart from inside the ring? Fuck, the whole life journey has been a struggle, man. I swear, <laughs> from the from the from the get go to to now, it's everything's like a battle. It's it's ridiculous. If it's not if it's not one addiction, it's another thing, you know. Um, and I think it's it's just life in, in general, just struggling to, to actually to live a proper, a healthy life, a happy life. Um, even now, my struggle is. Uh, Getting, uh, you know, being in a divorce, I mean, doing this sort of being uh, single at 46, you know, wanting to end my career happy. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a mental journey, you know. My, in the book, I, t- I talk about my two brothers, one, my oldest one having schizophrenia for 30 years, and the, my other brother above me, John, killing himself. Um, you know, they went that way. You know, I'm still on the, on the other side of battling. Um, you know, going to counselling and all this sort of jazz. Mm-hmm. It's been quite good. It's, it's quite a, quite an eye opener, especially with counselling and and um, trying to fix yourself as a person. Yeah, right, right. And um, you're talking about your career. I just want to dive into that a little bit. Um, but what a career it's been, by the way. Uh, I mean, we we all say you and you know the world says you as an MMA legend because you know you've 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 deserved that. And you know, in the ring, you've kind of <laughs> you put your money where your mouth is. Um, before the fights, what's kind of your mindset during that? Well, it depends uh, what um, kind of camp I've had. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, uh, but normally it's, it's, it's just look forward, looking forward to go to work, to be honest, you know, and right, um, right. trying to progress in the world. You know, I was in a company that I thought was, a, about five years ago, I thought was a great company to be a part of, to be mm. a part of the elite MMA community. Mm. You know, um, I do realize now that it's, it's not the truth. <laughs> right, you right. know, and a lot of other people are coming out because they've realized already that it's not the truth. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, I'm, yeah, just speaking the, uh, the truth about all, all, all that's happening with MMA these days and fighting in general, to be honest. So that's my mindset with fighting before that. It's just trying to get that person out of the way to, to move on to the next fight. I just found it was hard to, to work with this company because we weren't just fighting against the fighters, we were fighting against them. Yeah, yeah. You're fighting against that company to, to get better pay, whether it be better pay, whether it be better advantages, everything. You know, you just always argue. With, I always argue with these companies because, you know, and, and, you know, someone said that Dana thought I was a hard person to deal with. Mm. I'm not a hard person to deal with. I'm just sick of cunts like you trying to rip me off. Yeah, yeah. that's so fair. Yeah. So, yeah. and that's the bottom line. I mean, he can, he can say I'm the hardest to deal with. I said, I said to him, that's because you're a fucking crook. Mm, and mm. you think I'm going to let you <laughs> fuck me up the ass without lube or even with lube? You know, there's, there's no way. I wouldn't even let they, let you do that. So, I'm a pretty fair person to deal with, especially when it comes to negotiations. But with mm. that guy, he's just trying to fucking fuck everyone up the yeah, ass. He actually, is. Yeah, it's good. It's good you wear your heart on your sleeve, stand up for yourself. 
But it's the truth, though. It's, yeah, it's yeah, the bottom 100%. line with those guys. And I, and you don't have to listen to what I'm saying. You can look at all those other fighters asking for more money. These guys are paying 20% of the revenue when it should be at least 50. Mm. You know, although the, although the fighters make 10% of, of, of the company, that's the only 10% you need. All those other guys are expendable. It'll take, it'll take a little while to build them the start up again and change it where you, you can get rid of Dana White and get a new fucking bald-headed prick in there to, to, to rip people off. <laughs> How do you feel when, like, people, obviously most recently, like John Jones and um, Jorge Masvidal, like, people are coming out in the sort of same fight as you? Does that make you feel good? Does it make you feel like it's worthwhile? I only did it because I was battling my own demons with these guys. They're doing it for their own purposes. At the end of the day, I, I knew this six, seven years ago mm. when I was started, when I had arguments with them about money in, in the start. And these guys were, were, were fighting it. They knew this shit a long time ago, but they didn't say anything. Um, my my fight started with the steroid cause um, about an, it being an even playing field, but they weren't allowing this. They weren't promoting the guys doing it legitimately. They were just allowing these guys to cheat and actually promoting these guys to cheat and not enforcing their penalties. Um, mm. The fighter pay was just on the backbone, to be honest. And when I joined the, the antitrust lawsuit with the other guys, that was about money. It was about uh, the Ali Act, making it fair, um, trying to get the, the, the revenue from 20% to, to 50% that the fighters get. So, so they don't have to struggle uh, from, from paycheck to paycheck. At the end of the day, that's what it is. Mm. Um, it's better to actually have your own business instead of being a prize fighter because I – you know, you're talking to one of the guys that was the highest paid in the, in the world in that company. Um, not one of the guys that were, were struggling for little money. And I didn't even have the belt. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I always spoke up what I thought with these guys. I didn't give a fuck who they are. Yeah. You speak about fighting. What was your pinnacle moment? If, if, do you have one moment where that is the highlight of your career? The moment that I dropped the lawsuit in these motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's the moment that that I realised this 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 fight wasn't actually a fight between me and another fighter per se inside the octagon or the ring. This was a fight against me against the, that company, mm-hmm. me against this system that they're running they're running right on all of these fighters, and they continue to do it because they just and they when I see posts of, the, of these other fighters saying oh, I just got signed by the UFC oh wow we're gonna take over. You ain't taking over nothing. The only thing you're taking over is fucking twenty percent. <laughs> you know, that's what makes me laugh. These guys think they're gonna get to the stage and they're gonna make things change. Man, <laughs> you'll be in a lawsuit like me, bro. Trust me. <laughs> Mate, with um you touched on it before with your two brothers, support networks. Do you feel like a lot of people feel like they don't have anyone? Do you feel like Yes. It's yeah it's more like you need to find someone or do you think it's just the people around you that you need to look to? I think the person in, in that, in the dark, the dark hole needs to go, you know, speak to people, speak to his friends, his family. If he can't speak to them, speak to counselors. You need to, you know, you can't be a, a hard ass and think you're tough and shit, but you need to go and speak to someone to get help. It's, it's not an easy journey, especially with mental health. You know, I just started um, on these depression tablets. I have to go to a counselor to fix mm. my issues, issues that I never thought I had. Issues that I never thought I had, and people think it's just CT. I'm like, it's, it's not CT. It's just issues that I've had as a child. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I have to deal with these issues. Yeah, you know, a lot of mental issues um, from the past. So you know, dealing with that now it has to be has to come to the front of this um, battle. So just like these lawsuits and being a prize fighter, this is another battle in life, which will be conquered if you um, work yeah. hard at it enough. So yeah. yeah, yeah. You said you said it recently about finding your demons. Uh, I, was, I was just wondering, um, 
how did fighting kind of play into that? Did you almost feel like it was a release or an escape or, you know, did it? It's a, it's, gaming was an escape for me, uh, video gaming, yeah, yeah. computer gaming. Right, and right. fighting was, was also an escape, uh, yeah. especially with training, yeah. training every day, um, you know, breaking the wall every day. Um, <laughs> that's, I think uh, that was the best thing for me, um, uh, training all the time and just, you know, some, there was some, phase of my career i didn't even bother training right. <laughs> i was so fucked up i didn't give a shit yeah, yeah, yeah. um but i think it's, it plays a big role in your life especially if you want to be a uh, a top-end prize fighter it comes in part and parcel with the, with the business and the game that you're playing well not the game with the business you're in yeah yeah 100 percent. if i if i go back to you spoke about counseling and you know it's something that can be quite a taboo topic but for someone like you, a heavyweight, a heavyweight yeah. MMA legend to come out and say openly, you know, I deal with this. Is counseling something you've done your whole life or is it recent and how has it helped you? Well, I didn't think anything's going to help me, to be honest. I just thought I was just crazy. Um, well, I didn't think I was, I thought I was normal. Just the people around me thought I was nuts, especially my partners. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, counseling is really important. I didn't think that it would help me, but going to see, uh, the counselor helped a lot, especially with um, because I felt, how is that person going to help me? Is it, it, it was like writing the book that I wrote? I thought, how is how am I going to know anything about the book? But it's uh, you know when I sat down with Ben and we spoke about different things, events that happened in life, and then he put in different people in life, and and they told their story about it. And even the same thing as going to a counselor, as I was sitting there talking with him, you start opening up and start changing the way your mindset is, and and you get some little things to help you deal with situations. For instance, I was driving from a counseling session and um, you know, I, was, I was in Newcastle and I was driving um, home and this guy cut me off and um, you normally I'm ready, I'm getting ready to stop, you know, to start talking with this guy. <laughs> but what, what triggered me was the window coming down. The window came down. I said, oh, okay. So I put it next to him and then, then he's looking out the window. I said, oh, it's kind of dangerous driving me. You know, you got to be a bit more careful. And he's like, um, He's like, I was trying to find a place. And then he goes, who the fuck are you? And I was like, it doesn't matter who I am. I just said, that's, you know, you need to be a bit more careful. You might get, might get hurt um, driving like that. And he goes, um, then he said, some sort of garbage. And he said, and then, then he left it. And I just went, oh, cool. I left it like that. But I, I, I dealt with it by saying to the, to the angry person that came out first to, to the front of the war and said, Relax, uh, Mr. Angry. I know you're there, but let me deal with this. Yeah, because hmm. that's that's something I learned in counselling. Because you got to deal with your emotions as a as a as an adult. Even now, I'm a, probably at the emotional age of a twelve year old. You know, <laughs> but dealing with that mentally, seeing that and dealing with it like that helped me. You know, not uh, pushing it further. Otherwise, I would have pushed it further and probably ended up in jail. And hmm. you know, what really took the cake for me for that situation that he did message me on my fan page there and said I. I apologize if that was me, blah, blah. And I just, I just left and I said, oh, well, that you did the right thing. Probably yeah. who you were. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's a, it was just the right thing to do. It's just, it's just something stupid. It was just, yeah. uh, you know, you don't um, push issues like that further. <laughs> Probably would have drove off so as well, to, speak. to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but you learn a lot from counseling. That's what was so good about it. Um, counseling has, has helped me a lot and I'm still doing yeah. it. It'll probably be an ongoing thing for a while counseling yeah yeah growing up you talked about fighting and stuff like that and whether or not you want to dive into that a little a little bit deeper but for kids growing up now who are doing the same kind of thing that you did going through the system and fighting what advice would you give them you know like you said people think it's a tough thing to do 
Yeah, it's not. I think um, the, the, the kids with the most troubles are the ones with the most problems at home. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, sorry. Let me just get a yeah. <laughs> just say hi we're having a podcast <laughs> you know. yeah so um uh the, t- the kids these days they do it these days they, they take it to the next level these kids these days have got weapons they stab people they shoot people they're on a different level these days because they see these things and, and and i think the most kids with the most troubles are the ones that have the most issues at home you know, or have, don't have much home life, they're the ones you're going to worry about, to be honest, that need the most the most love and help, which is sad. Mm-hmm. So, mate, we've got some uh, fan questions here. We've got quite a few, but we'll just leave it to a couple. Uh, so, we've got one from Cormac here. How do you manage to keep your head up in times when you felt like nothing was going on, going right for you? Jeez, when was that? There's every fucking, all the times. <laughs> every, all, there's been so many times, it's, it's hard to pinpoint one, but... um. I think the whole, as you can see, the world's in dire streets right now with COVID. You don't know what's going on. I think, what are you going to do? You're just going to sit down there and lay down and die? you got to stand up and get up and, and fight. That's the way you got to look at it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, just, just lay down and die. Mm. Got another one from McLean. How do you keep yourself humble? Um, have you ever seen famous and rich people? I'm neither of those, but have you seen, have you seen them? Yeah. They lock themselves in their own houses. They can't go anywhere. <laughs> Who wants to live like that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so true. And then last one from Jack. How do you get through camps for every fight knowing the extreme risks? Well, there's only one risk and I'm not, I'm not, I don't, there's only one risk. There's death for me and um, I don't really care about death. We're all going to die. Yeah. There's, not a, there's no fucking you hole behind a behind a hearse so everything you have here you can't take with you you know what I mean everything here is for someone else Mm-mm. so I think off. about that as you go through your life your kids you make stuff for them yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no fucking there's nothing you take to heaven or wherever you're gonna go um, that you can make in this fucking planet right here so that's the way I look at it so mm. death I don't I don't fear and um, so what's the point if you're gonna die in fighting that's it I'm happy with that that's fine I've done my bit Mm. When you so the camps, you never thought about losing, you never worried about it. Of course, you thought about. Of course, I thought about losing. It's always that's why you train a lot harder and do things a lot harder for camps. The only thing about camps, you just got to worry about injuries. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why you, you got to work with a good group of guys that help you. Um, it's, the work's being done when the lights are off, and you know when you've got to be at work is when the lights are on when everyone's watching. Hundred percent. Mm, oh, sorry, yeah, you go. I was just going to say, do you kind of ever sit back and just? take in what you've done and the impact you've had on people you know yourself Taito Avasa Tyson Pedro kind of all as a team do you ever sit back and just kind of think wow I've achieved a lot no not really I haven't achieved anything at all I've just um, tried to live my life the best I could and, and I'm still uh, in, a, in, a, in a fight right now it's, it's always a never ending fight these days, Sorry, especially just... you know I've got a couple of laws it could change the landscape of MMA like totally so it's just cut out you know, again um, okay so you know the fight is. Con- can you hear me now yep. yeah yeah. so the fight continues even now to this day and I've got I'm in two massive lawsuits against the UFC and um, that could change the landscape of MMA not just for me but not not for me but for, for all the boys and girls coming through that's mm. the most important mm. fight right now for me and what, what I'm what I'm happy about is that people are starting to realise that that um, they're not 
the actual best company. They're just ripping people off at the moment. People, people need to realize that, and they're slowly seeing that. Mm-hmm. And um, just a last question from Bush Markham here at Radio Hub. Mm-hmm. Um, he wanted to know how glad you are that your parents didn't call you Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I've had that. That's probably how I came to be a fire. Everyone that said that to me as a kid, I got a punch in the face. <laughs> He was, glad, he glad, said glad you're on the show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I, I take it as a joke now. I've had it. I've heard that through my whole childhood. <laughs> you, you said you got six fights yeah. to go, and obviously you're not fighting with the UFC anymore. Who are you fighting with? Well, I've got a boxing match. I'll probably do a couple here at home, and then I'll probably mm. try and go back to Japan or finish off with MMA. Who knows? I just who knows who's fighting these days. Anyone fighting these days? Is everyone fighting against COVID or? If that's mm. COVID's real, you know, who knows? Who knows? Like what's going on? Um, so with Paddy, so with boxing, is that a much sort of anticipated the Gallon fight and Sunny Bill, or is that completely different? Ah, uh, that's um, I think uh, that's the the Gallon fight. Hopefully, should uh, end up in October. So yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Would, would you like to fight Sunny Bill? Would be pretty cool. I don't think that's the question. No, you should be asking. I think that's the question. Is that should I ask him? But hey, man. <laughs> I'm not one to call anyone out. I just, like I said, I like Sonny and he's a good person, but hey, I'm a prize fighter. Hmm. Yeah. I'm, putting, I'm putting the house on you to win against Gallon. <laughs> 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 what do you think about that fight? Does that, is that like, does it, in, does it interest you because you, you're very confident or what do you think? I, it's just because I've, I've got the urge back for fighting. You know, it's hmm. been nearly three years since I fought for the UFC and I'm actually looking forward to, to, to fighting on my own terms, not to, uh, being, not being forced to fight like, with this fucking grubby company. You know, the last fight, they, they, what made a real turn for me was when they forced me to fight Alistair. And I was like this, you know, you forced me, forcing me to fight this fucking cheating steroid. And they, they said, if you don't fight this guy, you're going to make you unemployed. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, that's going in the lawsuit. Well, so it got, that, <laughs> it got to that point, did it? Well, that's, yeah, it's, it went to that point where they forced me to fight a guy and then he was on steroids and I said, I don't want to fight the guy unless you put a clause in. Mm. And they said, no. He said, you fight this guy, we're going to make you unemployed. And I said, okay, I'm going to send this to my lawyer. You're getting another, you're getting the fucking lawsuit, you fuckwits. Well, so they're so that, so that <laughs> fully aware that he was on the roids, was he? No, it, I, I said, because he's been caught before. I said, yeah, right, I right, put right. a clause in, take his money off him if he's caught. And they said, because they, they, before that, they tried to make me fight a guy named Josh Barney, who's another fucking cheater. <laughs> and I said, no. And then, and then two days later, he popped for steroids. Actually, and yeah. then and then then they came came with the, this other cheating prick called Alistair Everham, but this time they didn't ask me. They they said they sent us a letter saying if you don't fight this guy, well, you're you going to be fucking unemployed. And I said, wow, so how am I going to feed my kids? Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. We know obviously you're not in the best terms of the UFC, but in regards to mates you've made through the UFC, apart from the obvious, like I mentioned, Tyrell Vasa and Tyson, was there anyone that you really kind of got along with in the fight industry? I, I get along with everyone. I get along with everyone, and I just what I don't like is the company that's ripping them off. That's that's putting chains on these fighters. They should be maximizing. And it's, like I said, it's not a battle against these fighters. It's a battle against this company. And these yeah. fighters should realize that they should all stand together because at one day they can change things by all saying, "None of us want to fight." If mm. twelve hundred of them say we don't want to fight, where's UFC going? Nowhere. Yeah, They've yeah. already sold their ass to fucking to all these television companies for the content. What are they going to do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're fucked. Yeah. Then that's the bottom line. I've always said these guys are at different parts of their careers. They've got, you know, uh, that's how they can change it in one instance by all saying, we don't want to fight. Who are you going to put on shows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is there anyone that 
you would sort of watch out for that you have seen around or that you've seen doing great things who's going to be the next sort of big star in the UFC? I don't really care about the UFC and I just, like I said, any fighter that goes and works for them, they're going to go through the same issues I did. Right. Mm. So hopefully I these lawsuits can prevail and change the landscape for them so they make proper money and do proper things. So mm. uh, if, uh, right now when you do a UFC and then fighters signing for them, it's a, for me it's just like you just waste the time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's seriously a waste of time because they're going to get to the stage where John Jones is or people like me ever come in and goes, okay, now they're going to have to deal with this issue. If they, if we don't win these lawsuits, they're going to deal with this issue. Hmm. They're going to be out there going, oh, we need this, this, and that. What are you talking about? This guy, you know, I mean, so that's, that's how it works. Yeah, so yeah. it's just a shit. Yeah. Well, well, Mark, we know we love what you're doing. We love the, the voice you have and what you're standing for, mate. It's really fucking inspirational, especially to young fighters coming up, you know, who've got a voice to stand up. You know, I think it's really good what you're doing as well. And, you know, we're really excited think, to see you. Yeah, yeah, go I on. Think it's, I, think it's, I think it's good that you guys are doing your podcast and spreading the word oh, so geez, all the young bro. boys and girls coming through can understand what this is what they're getting into. Mm, it mm. doesn't matter, how, you know, how good you are, how this and that. You can't really be that good when, when, you're, getting, when you're getting shackled by the company that's screwing you. And look at just look at the guys like John Joseph. Matt. These guys are at the top of the game. Mm. They should be making the same as Tyson Fury or, or um, Anthony Joshua, but they're not. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and I'm sure that you can take that in all aspects of life, not just that company. Yes. You know, I'm sure there's that's, what I, that's right. It's not plenty just of other companies doing that. That people, yeah. you know, and you're you're making a stand and encouraging other people to do the same, whether it be UFC or not. So, yeah, it's unreal. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the time. Keep spreading the word, man. It'll be yet that sooner or later. Hopefully these lawsuits are won and the, and the landscape's changed for the boys and girls coming through. And like I said, like for, for you to be a heavyweight fighter and come out and speak so openly about your mental health battles, that's what we're trying to spread the word with. So thank you for joining us, mate. We really appreciate it. And good luck no in your upcoming fights. Yeah, yeah can you say you're back in the yeah, ring man. or octagon, whatever it is. <laughs> Thanks for the time, guys. Appreciate uh, thank it. You. Thanks, awesome, thank bro. you. Thanks, brother. Bye. 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 Uh, once again, guys, thanks to the Clavelli Hotel and Doyle's on the beach down at Watson's Bay. They're uh, great to us and uh, thanks to Mark Hunt for joining us. That was awesome. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll see you next time. Turn up the talk podcast. Tackling mental health together.